Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We have an extensive broadcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. And at the end of the broadcast today, we are going to release a prophetic word, a word that I believe we should be paying attention to, and we need to judge it. And I'm going to ask you to be very judicial today. Um, and, And if we didn't call it a prophetic word, we would simply say something that came out of God's spirit that has been marinating in the heart that is now ready to send forth. And so we've lightly touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but I think we need to uh, grow in our understanding of what is happening. Remember, our mission is to look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times and then give an interpretation to what we see. We look at world events through a biblical lens. And as we focus through the biblical lens and we're, and we're looking at world events, we need a biblical interpretation. And so by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, we're going to do that today. We're also going to get into the Bible today and have a little Bible study in the book of Revelation. And I think it's going to be phenomenal. May God's Spirit give us the grace to do it well. And then, of course, we're going to read a couple of articles. But before we do anything today, I want to reach out a very very happy birthday to Sarah Hartman and to Carolyn Buss. And I want to say to Sarah Hartman, she's a very dear friend of our ministry, and we have had fellowship with she and her family 
and we love them very much, and they love us very much, and the New Wine Ministry family wants to raise up a shout to Sarah Hartman today and say happy birthday. I don't think she's, I don't know how young you are, Sarah, but whatever the case is, keep on keeping on, sister. God bless your heart. God has blessed you richly with a wonderful family. Uh, You and Chad and Gavin and all who are connected to you, may they be blessed in Jesus' name. May this be a wonderful year in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. So very happy birthday from Patricia and I particularly and the rest of your friends here at New Wine Ministry and those who are listening on the air today. Also, Carolyn Buss, Dr. Carolyn Buss, she and Scott Buss have been instrumental And I use that word with a pun intended, for they are music teachers for many, many years. They played at the White House. Uh, Carolyn Buss was the woman that we met our first day in Northwest Arkansas, who had been playing the piano years earlier at a conference I was speaking at. Carolyn and Scott are very dear friends, and today is Carolyn's birthday. And what a birthday to be celebrated uh, as she has just gone through a heavy-duty bout with cancer and is coming out on the other side victorious, praising the Lord. So we celebrate the life of these two women today, both Sarah Hartman and Carolyn Buss. And New Wine Ministry, Patricia and I send our blessing to you in Jesus' name. Happy birthday. God bless you both. May it be a very, very rich year in the kingdom of heaven, in the spirit of the living God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So having said that, I want to get into a number of things. There's a video that I'm going to share with you during the broadcast today. We're going to take it nice and slow. We are going to have Bible study in the book of Revelation today because there are some things that you and I need to hear. There are things that you and I need to hear. And and let me just jump into this real quick before we actually get into the Bible study, quote unquote. Let me just get you into... Uh, in Revelation chapter 5. If you would turn there with me just for a moment, okay, you're going to want this information as you walk into the days that lie ahead. You're going to want this knowledge downloaded in your spirit. You want an impartation of the living word of God, the information, the knowledge of God's word. You're going to need this. You're going to need to carry this with you as cargo, This is part of the oil. This is part of the word of God that you're going to need in your life in the days ahead. These are going to be very powerful uh, scriptures that are going to strengthen you in your time of weakness, in your time of trouble, in your time of chaos or confusion, whatever's around you. What's going to help you to stand fast and to be stable are scriptures like these. And uh, I just absolutely love this. It blows my mind. It's been there all along, and yet I think it's a revelation for some of God's kids today. So let me just read to you out of Revelation chapter 5, and uh, what I'm going to do in just a little bit, I have been told for years and years and years, or I have listened to people who have spoken for years and years and years, that the church does not exist in the book of Revelation after chapter 3. So what I have always heard from pre-tribulational rapture teachers is that the book of Revelation, after chapter 3, the church is nowhere to be found. It's nowhere to be found. So I made it my personal study to go to the book of Revelation to search out the matter. 
I wanted to know if in Revelation chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, all the way to the end, that the church is absent. I want to see that. So this is going to be part of the Bible study tonight but or this morning. But the, the, the prophecy, the mystery, the nugget today, I'm going to hold out for just a little bit longer because there's something going on in our world right now that we need to be very, very particularly looking at and, and concerned about and viewing into and observing through the biblical lens. And I think it's absolutely amazing. And because of that, I think we have a proper interpretation of what to expect. Remember what we've been saying now for about three weeks, five months, five months. Get ready. Get yourself positioned to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. Five months. Transition. Do whatever it's going to take. Okay? So just we we left that out now. And here's a scripture. This is just a blessing scripture. Okay? This is what you're going to hold on to in the days that lie ahead when spiritual warfare comes about, when the devil comes knocking at your door, when powers and principalities begin to align themselves against you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to remember. It says in verse 11 of Revelation chapter 5, Revelation 5:11, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts. There are four living creatures known as the beast and the elders. So what is what is John seeing? What is he hearing? I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. So surrounding the throne, the beasts, and the elders are these many angels. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now, when I ask you, how many of you mathematically know what 10,000 times 10,000 is? Okay. Okay. What is it? 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. So John says that he heard and then he knew the number. He was given the number. The number of them was 100 million and thousands of thousands. That's a lot of angels. Now, what's really cool about this, 100 million angels and thousands and thousands more. It just becomes innumerable. What are they doing? In verse 12, they are saying with a loud voice, now, I've been to a football stadium, maybe you have too, maybe 70,000 people, and when that crowd begins to roar and cheer, it sends up a sound when you're there. It's amazing. Well, we're talking about not 70,000 cheering fans. We're talking about over 100 million angels around the throne of God, around the 24 elders, around the four living creatures, the beasts. And, you know, what is this? And John is there, and he's hearing it. And what are they saying? They're saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb 
Worthy is the Lamb. And you know there's only one Lamb who is worthy. Only worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. Look what Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, receives. They're worshiping. They're saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. Hallelujah. The sevenfold blessing of the Lord, right? Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. Wow. And what happens when John hears this? The sound has got to be unbelievable. The sound of heaven. Don't ever forget it. We are on earth. We want the sound of heaven to come upon this earth. We want to hear the sound of heaven come into our ecclesias and our meetings. We want to hear the sound of heaven in worship. We want to hear the sound of heaven. Because the sound of heaven of 100 million plus angels concentrating with loud voices, giving glory to the Lord. Wow. But look what happens. It says, and in verse 13, and every creature. Not some. Every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, that's in the sea, in the earth, under the earth, in heaven, all that are in them, Heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne, that's our Father, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. I want you to get this scene. I want you to get this. And remember. According to Hebrews chapter 1, let me read it to you just briefly here. In Hebrews, this is important, okay? In Hebrews chapter 1, here's what we read. And let's see, let's go right here. In chapter 1, he's talking all about the angels, how, how Christ is superior to the angels, And what he says in all of this conversation and in talking about the supremacy of Christ over the angels is verse 13, the last verse in Hebrews chapter 1. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? Verse 14, I'm sorry, there was one more verse, 14. Are they not, speaking of the angels, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Are you an heir of salvation today? Then you need to know that all the angels are ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister to you. And as my wife, Patricia Joy, wrote in her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, If we knew how many times a day the angels have intervened without our awareness of their intervention, we would be staggered. 
How many times have we been spared of things that were coming against us and the angels intervened and stopped it? That we weren't even aware that they did it. Only God knows. But what we know is there are over 100 million angels that God has dispatched on the behalf of you and I, the heirs of salvation. And I happen to believe that there are a lot more than just what was in this one scene in the book of Revelation. Praise God. Now, I want to just get into your spirit that there are angels that are on assignment on your behalf. And that those hundred million angels give glory to the Lamb. They give glory to the Father. They have a loud voice and they give worship and they know who they serve. And I love the commentary. The commentary, this simple little commentary in my Bible concerning Revelation chapter 5 is this. The scene in chapter 5 shows us that only the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy to open the scroll, the book, which include the events of history. Jesus, not Satan, holds the future. Jesus Christ is in control, and he alone is worthy to set into motion the events of the last days of history. My God, if that doesn't thrill our hearts, if that doesn't excite us, if that does not empower us, to know that there are hundreds of millions of angels in another realm surrounding the judicial throne of God, 24 elders, the Supreme Court, if you will, of heaven, those four living creatures, each one having six wings and their eyes within their wings, and they are sent forth throughout all the earth, and nothing is hidden from God. And around this throne are warrior-worshiping angels. My goodness, dear friend, this is something you are connected to. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So I just wanted to inspire you with that today because you're going to need to know and remember in the time of warfare, in the time of assault, in the time of tribulation, in the time of persecution, you just remember God is in control. Everything in the created universe, in all dimensions of heaven and earth, will worship him. They will all give God the glory. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is seated at the right hand of God in heaven, has been for two millennial day, and he is waiting for all of his enemies to be made a footstool for him. We are told as members of the body of Christ that we are to tread and to trample upon all the work of the devil, that he will be ashes under our feet, Imagine Jesus the head in the heavens, his body upon the earth. He's waiting for the devil to be trampled under the foot of the saints. Ooh, the body of Christ. Come on. You have a work to do in our generation. There's no doubt about it. You're going to be alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord. And even if you are to die, you're a child of the resurrection. Death has no power over you. So these words are true, but the anointing of these words are necessary for them to be quickened. What is the anointing? It brings to life everything that's just on a page. It is the anointing. See, when I put on the full armor of God, I put on the anointed mind of Christ. I put on the anointed breastplate of righteousness. I put on the anointed truth. 
I put on anointed peace, anointed faith, anointed sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Why anointed? Because without the anointing, they are inactive. So you could have faith, but there is something called inactive faith. Faith without works is dead. You could say you have all these things, but they're inactive. In other words, they don't spiritually operate or quicken until the anointing brings them to life. So everything is about the anointing. You have an anointing. You have an unction. You have an anointing. But God promises in these last days for a double portion. He says, I'm going to bring a double portion of my spirit. And what is that double portion going to do in your life? It is going to quicken the reality of the word of God. It's like water on a seed. And when that word of God inside of you is quickened and brought to life, and it's accelerated, and it's now moving, it's now active and powerful, it's the anointing that is doing that, it's going to assist you in the completion of everything God is doing in you and God is doing through you and how God is completing all things. There is a promise of a double portion in the season that we are living in, and I want you to be encouraged that there are hundreds of millions of angels, there's a throne of heaven, Christ is at the right hand of God, you're on earth, these angels are working on your behalf, everything going on in heaven is attached to you because you're serving the king, you're part of his kingdom, and there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit, a new regeneration baptism that is going to make contact with you, that's going to accelerate and quicken and bring to life all the words of God that have been sown into your spirit since the day that you believed. Oh, I believe it. I believe that there are so many words and promises that have been downloaded into us. They're in our head. They're in our mind. And there's all this warfare. But there's an anointing that's going to penetrate and come to these seeds that have planted deeply in the good soil of our hearts. And that anointing is going to quicken it and bring it to life. And suddenly there's going to be an outray and a bursting forth of the glory of God. I hope you're okay with God's plan. I think it's really good. I think it's really good. All right. So that's how I wanted to begin today. So with that in mind, with that in mind, praise the Lord. We might want to just shout hallelujah, praise the Lord, and pass the ammunition. Oh, glory to God, pastors. Our job is to bring that revelation to the mind of the believers that they might have hope and they might put their faith in a promise that the Bible actually declares a double portion for the perfecting of all things, the completing of all things, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, will the house be finished. And that spirit is the anointing and a double portion. Remember Yeshua came and he, gave, he received the spirit without measure? Well, each one of us have a measure, but God has promised a greater measure. Get ready for the measure, for your perfecting, your completing, and for the work that God has called you to do. It's real. It's not make-believe. And the devil is going to get whooped when this thing really manifests. So get ready. We love it. Praise God. And we could bring forth and see captives set free. We could see beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. We could see all beautiful things begin to release in the kingdom amongst God's people. You see, it's true. It's true. It's all true. It's all true. Praise the Lord. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you're sitting right now. If you're connected to the king in heaven, you have that golden pipe. Remember, you have, you have the golden candlestick. It's singular. That's Jesus Christ. He's the golden candlestick. But then there's two pipes on either side, the two olive trees or the two olive branches. 
and out of that one singular Christ anointing flows the golden oil into those two, and then those two flow into the seven, the menorah. The seven churches in the book of Revelation represent the menorah of God, representing the church and its finality and completion. All believers are connected to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. To that, there is no doubt. And so what is happening? The head, Christ, the singular, Zechariah 4, it's all there. The singular, you want to read it? Let's go read it. Come on. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Somebody say, open the door so that the king of glory may come in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4. Verse 1, here's what it says. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. Time to wake up, okay? And said unto me, what do you see? And I said, I have looked and behold, a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon, seven pipes to the seven lamps, okay? Seven lamps, seven churches, Seven pipes, so the oil could flow into them to keep them alive, keep their light lit, remember? Okay, seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So you have the bowl at the top, the head, the crown, Jesus, the anointed one, and then you have these two olive branches on either side that that oil flows into them, and then out of them flows into the seven. Watch this. So I answered and spoke to the angel, and he talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel represents all the builders in the house of God. Zerubbabel was a builder in the house, in the temple of God. Zerubbabel is the fivefold ministry of Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, that he says, that he said, uh, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, and they are all building ministries to the ecclesia to grow them up and build them up into the fullness of Christ, right? So we have the builder, Zerubbabel, here's the word, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, by the anointing, by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? So that great empire against Zerubbabel, the builders, who are you? You are going to become a plane. In other words, the building ministry that's building the house, watch this, is going to make that evil empire a plane, and he shall bring forth the headstone. Zerubbabel, the builders, are going to bring forth the headstone, the capstone, with shoutings crying, grace, grace unto it. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone and the headstone. He is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. And so in the beginning of the building of the body of Christ, the temple of God, the house of God, 2,000 years ago on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, it all began. For 2,000 years, this temple's been growing in heaven and on earth. And in the last days, it's going to be a shout to bring the head back to the body. He who is first shall be last. These are the builders that are going to bring it forth because the rest of the body is ready to go. And it's made ready not by 
power, not by programs, not by organization, but by the anointing. Hallelujah. Sorry for shouting. Here we go. Now it says, moreover, in verse 8, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. So the builders, his hands shall also finish it. The builders, hallelujah. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you, the prophet, for who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. What is the plummet? It's the plumb line. It measures everything to the perfection of the standard desired of the master builder. Come on. Paul the apostle said he was a master builder. There need to be master builders in the house of God today. There must be builders. God is raising up builders, builders, builders with the spirit of Zerubbabel. It's the builders connected to the beginning of this project, the early apostolic prophetic anointing. He's going to bring it back. If it began, he just said it. He laid the foundation, and he's going to finish the work. So if the foundation was on the apostles and prophets, then the finishing of the work, God is going to restore apostolic and prophetic anointing and gifting back to the body of Christ to finish it. Woo, Jesus, come on now. And then it says, the seven were the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Verse 11. Then answered I and said unto him, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? Who are these two? And I answered again and said unto him, what be these two olive branches which, the, which threw the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? All the golden oil that is the anointing. Now, these two olive branches, there's pipes that come out of them. There's a head at the top. The oil's put in from the pipe, Jesus, and it goes through the two. Who could they be? Who are these two olive branches? Uh-oh, we're going to get it. You ready? Because these two get the oil from the one, and then through the two, they pour down into the seven through their pipes. You're hearing some pipes right now, aren't you? These are called voice pipes. But watch this. They emptied, through the two golden pipes, emptied the golden oil out of themselves. So the golden oil that is in these two is being poured out into the seven, and it all originates with the one, Yeshua. But listen to this, verse 13. And he answered me and said, do you not know what these be? And I said, no, my Lord, I don't get it. In verse 14, then said he, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. They stand by the Lord. These are the two anointed ones. Now, let me read a little commentary before I give you a little bit more of this. It says in commentary, many people believe that to survive in this world, a person must be tough, strong, unbending, and harsh. But God says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. The key words are by my spirit. It is only through God's spirit that anything of lasting value is accomplished. The returned exiles were indeed weak, harassed by their enemies, tired, discouraged, and poor. But actually, they had God on their side. 
So as you live for God, determine not to trust in your own strength or abilities. Instead, depend on God and work in the power of his spirit. Don't you love that? But who are these two anointed ones? Let's go to Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. Do these two anointed ones show up again at the end of time? Folks, are you getting the mysteries? Are you getting it? The building ministry, the Zerubbabel building ministry that started it is going to finish it. We were we built upon the foundation, Ephesians 2, upon the apostles and prophets, the apostle and apostolic prophetic anointing coming back to the ecclesia for the finishing of the work in a double portion of the Spirit of God. Mamma mia, hallelujah. Now listen to this. Revelation chapter 3, oh, excuse me, chapter 11, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 3. Revelation 11.3, and I will give power. And that word power is in italics, and I'm kind of thinking I will give anointing, right? Okay. I will give power. We'll leave it with their italicized power. Unto my two witnesses. The two witnesses. Who are they? And they shall prophesy. A thousand two hundred and three score days. That's twelve hundred and sixty days. That's forty-two months. That's three and a half years. They shall prophesy for three and a half years, clothed in sackcloth. That's all about repentance, brokenness. I mean, this is intense, right? Well, who are these two witnesses? Verse four. These are the two olive trees. There it is again. They're the two olive trees and the two candlesticks that we just read about in Zechariah 4, standing before the God of the earth. So there they are. So who are they? Well, the definition, the description is very interesting. Let's take a look. It says in verse 5, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if there's any enemies against these two, fire comes out of their mouth and devours them. Now, and if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So if you touch these two, you're going to get killed. These, listen, have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Who did that? Scripturally, you know the answer. Elijah. Shut up the heavens for three and a half years. Only in Scripture did Elijah pray and the heavens stopped producing rain for three and a half years. Who is this? These have power to shut heaven and that rain not in the days of their prophecy. How long did they prophesy? Three and a half years. So this is definitely connected to Elijah, but then... Didn't Jesus say when the disciples asked him in Matthew 17, Lord, but the people said, Elijah must come first. He says, well, truly he must come first, but I tell you, he already came. And thus he spoke of John the Baptist. So the spirit of Elijah was in John the Baptist. Mamma mia. Let's go a little further. They also in Revelation 11 have power over waters to turn them to blood. And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Who smote the earth with plagues and turned water into blood? 
none other than Moses. Moses representing the law. Elijah representing the prophets, the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration who talked to the Lord Jesus in Matthew 17. Remember that. So here we have Moses who turned water into blood and he struck the earth of Egypt with as many plagues, 10 of them as I recall, as often as they will. So there's no doubt that the Bible is clear interpreting itself that Moses and Elijah are intended, but we also know that the spirit of Elijah was in John the Baptist, the prophetic line. Who then are these two? Will it be Moses and Elijah coming back like Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus 2,000 years ago on the Mount of Transfiguration? Or will these two olive trees be the Jew and the Gentile? Remember he said the the, the natural olive branches and then the wild olive branches, the Gentiles who've been grafted in, are the two olive trees, the Jew and the Gentile, that have become one new man in the earth because the anointing of Christ has united the two. They flow into the seven. Mamma mia. What an intense thing. I don't know. I, you know, I, like everybody else, am just wondering. But what I do know is that the anointing that flows out of them is what is in view here. Now, we're talking about the anointing. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He's the source of all the golden oil anybody, anywhere will ever get or receive or know about. He's it. He's the, it's an ever-flowing fountain of golden oil. But now he flows into the two olive trees, which this says, they're, let me go a little further. Excuse me, a little further in verse 7 of Revelation 11. And when they had finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. That three days and a half represents three and a half more years to go during the great tribulation. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Ah, What are the prophets of God doing in their season, these two? Well, they're prophesying. And they're prophesying, and they're creating an atmosphere that's holding back the beast. We can't get into that right now. We've got to wait. But I just wanted to make sure you knew they were called two prophets. They were called the two olive trees. They were, they were called uh, the two witnesses. And they're connected to Zechariah. But you've got to see the order. Head, the Christ, Jesus, the head. He flows into the two on either side. They have the pipes flowing into the seven, the church, the menorah, the light of the world, the true light of the world, the ecclesia. And this is where this is, okay? And so they're going to have a ministry from the head to the church, to the body, to the seven lampstands. So we're asking the question, does the church actually exist in the book of Revelation after chapter 3? Well, there's an answer to that. And I believe it's very, very clear. Um, I guess... If you take away the head and you take away the two olive trees, then you don't have the seven churches for them to be flowing into. But if you do keep the head and the olive tree and their oil flowing down into the seven, 
that keeps the church lit, the overcomers, well, looks like they're all still here. And another point we're going to make about that in just a little bit. All right. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that absolutely amazing? God is so rich. What does that mean? You, are, you, are you part of the church? Are you a member of the body of Christ? There's golden oil coming into you. There's a flow of, of unadulterated, one billion percent pure golden oil anointing that's going to flow out of the pipe, the, the, the word of God. He is the head, right? Christ is the head. He is the word made flesh. He's the Logos word of God, the Rhema word of God. He's the word. That anointed word flowing down, instruction to the Jew and the Gentile, to olive trees, instruction from the law and the prophets, instruction flowing down into the ecclesia as one, seven churches, but one menorah, one lampstand. You're involved in that. You're involved in that. You want some oil? Do you want some oil? You want a double portion? I like David's triple anointing. I like what brother said yesterday, uh, Brian. He said, you know, I'm not going to tell the Lord how much he could give me. I'm going to open my heart out. and He can give me whatever he wants. So if it's, it's like the double portion is kind of like a tithe. It's the least amount, right? Just the least amount. But there's so much more available. Whatever God is going to send forth in the last days through the building ministry to get the work done, Zerubbabel's, is going to produce. There's an anointing to finish the work, not by might nor by power, but by my anointing, by my spirit, says the Lord. Okay. So how do I shift? I could stay in this forever. Um, How do I shift? How do I get into what I want to to do here? All right. So... All right, so let me just do something real quick. I want to see. Anybody hanging out with me on the air right now? I want to see that. I want to see this. All right, so we've got uh, Carol, uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Always first. God bless you. The early bird catches the worm, Charlotte. Uh, Brother Denny Sossman, good morning. Pastor V and Saints, the most high. Amen. God bless you, Denny and Sally. Pastor Melissa Fletcher, good morning to you. God bless you. Cindy Messman, God bless you. Keep on keeping on, Cindy. Praise the Lord. Kevin Hauger is with us today. Good morning. Sarah Hartman, good morning and happy birthday. I hope you heard our opening today, Sarah. God bless you. We wish you a very happy birthday to you and a year ahead of great blessings. What a beautiful and humbling message you sent. My family is beyond blessed of what you and Pastor Patricia continue to do in the body of Christ. Back at you both. We love you guys. So you did hear. God bless you. Way to go. Uh, Cindy's saying, preach it. Randolph Kelly's with us today. Good morning, Pastor. We're listening and adhering to the truth. Way to go. All right. So good morning to everybody. I wanted to just see that. Um, I'm going to have to shift, though. going to have to shift. And whew, hundreds of millions of angels, golden oil anointing for your life. You don't need to worry about anything. You don't need to be afraid. But listen carefully now, because we are, we need to balance. Okay, there's a reason for this information. There's a reason for this revelation. And you, by the way, have to submit yourself to these building ministries. If you're just kind of languishing out there, you're kind of on your own, you're, you're, you're just doing your own thing, and you have not submitted yourself to the building ministry of the Zerubbabel, 
fivefold ministry of God that he sent to the church to do what he wants to get done, you've got to find a place where you could willingly submit yourself to the building ministry. You have to let them build in your life. You have to allow it to happen. You've got to learn to trust somebody. You have got to learn to trust Jesus, and you have to learn to trust Jesus' ministry when it's in the earth. And you've got to submit yourself if you want to experience what God is doing. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. I don't care what anybody's told you. There's only one church. There's only one spirit. There's only one mechanism of building that church. It's the fivefold ministry. Find a place to go. Get around a building ministry. It is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. But I'll tell you this. In the last days, it began with the apostles and prophets. We just read it's going to finish. You look for that apostolic and prophetic anointing at work. It has nothing to do with people. It's not about the person. It's the anointing. It's the gift to build the body of Christ. Now, how do I shift into this? Mamma mia. And I have more Bible study I wanted to talk to you about, but I I need to do this now. Um, The best way for me to shift, to get my head clear, is I'm going to share a video with you right now. Okay, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to share a video with you. I'm going to bring it online. Stu Peters, this again given by Pastor Jeff Bass, sent this to me this morning, and I want to put it out on the screen, and I want you to hear it, okay, and I'll, 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 and hopefully you'll be hearing this loud and clear. Um, just more information helping us to segue into a conversation we have to have here, and uh, this is going to take about 15 minutes, but I think you'll enjoy the video, all right? So here we go. This is Stu Peters' show. He's interviewing uh, an individual. We'll find out who that is in just a moment. Here we go.
specifically saying that Hydra exists in these shots? Transgenic Hydra does. So transgenic Hydra is like a chimeric virus. It's when you take an organism and then you artificially use DNA from other organisms, other species, into that organism. So if you take a look at the studies that were done as early as 1999, um, there's the generation of transgenic Hydra. I just explained what that meant. DNA from one organism can be incorporated into another. Got it. Um, Well, I think there is some genocide going on. It's multiple, right? <laughs> People are sociopaths. 
All right. <clears throat> wow. So <clears throat> there it is. Now, obviously, the, the question I want to ask you is before we even move forward into the next thing we want to talk about, the question I have for you is now do you understand why the anointing is so important for your life? You know, I believe in that anointing, and I believe that Jesus Christ is the anointed one, and it's his anointing that did what? Healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils, put ears on people's heads that were cut off, caused limbs to grow out, caused lame men to walk, blind men to see, mute to speak, lepers to be healed. Leprosy was a real deal. Leprosy was a real deal. It was all throughout that time. And yet contact with the anointed one and his anointing went inside of that body and healed it of the cause of its leprosy. The anointing that I'm speaking about today is for the finishing of the work but it's also an active anointing to bring healing, deliverance, restoration. The Lord has anointed me, said the prophet Isaiah, to preach to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. You know, remember all that? And then in Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, that scripture is now fulfilled in me, and he went and did it. But then he said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, even so shall he do in greater works. So that anointing was meant to spread into all believers, right? That means there's, that's obvious. But it is the anointing, not our religion. It's the anointing, not our doctrine. It is the anointing, not our creed, not our denomination, not our organizational structure, not our praise and worship team, not the preacher that is able to motivate the people behind a pulpit. Uh, into just solical, you know, ac- uh, you know, excitement. We're talking about only the anointing that could produce a healing, a deliverance, a recovering. Come on, folks. The anointing is not a game. The anointing is not a toy. The anointing will heal Alzheimer's. The anointing will heal pandemics and flus and colds and viruses and bacteria and all these things. Now, it would be foolish to take something in that you know has the potential to mess with your DNA. So to get vaccinated would be a foolish thing with the information that's coming out. I'd much rather hear from these people than Joe Biden saying, oh, you know, it's just so I can't go there. I cannot go there. So anyways, you don't jump off the pinnacle of the temple to prove a point to the devil. You don't say, well, I'm so anointed, I could take a snake and carry it, and it's going to bite me, and it'll do no harm. No, if one does, like the Apostle Paul on the island after the great storm of Eurachlodon, he gets bit by a serpent, well, the anointing that was at work in his life just destroyed the poison of the serpent. And so the anointing in your life, in our lives, will destroy the yoke of the devil, all of it, whatever it is. That's how powerful that anointing is. It even raises from death. 
The church hasn't seen that anointing in a long time. I'm here to declare to you the season of that double portion is come, and more, if God wills. It's here. It's got to come back. All first things that were in the beginning are coming back for the completion of all things. The anointing is imperative, and it's Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. It's his anointing that is available. Pray, pray, pray for that to happen. So the devil's got some really bad stuff lined up. But by the anointing, you will go through. You know who he endures to the end is going to be? Those who are wise virgins that carry the anointing oil for their lamp. And that anointing will provide all information, instruction, intelligence to be able to get through what is coming. There will be no ability to psychologically deal with what is coming. For what is coming is way beyond our psychological ability to defend ourselves from it. It's way beyond that. There is no psychology in the world. And again, I will say what I said yesterday while talking with our dear friends, Kathy and Brian, that what we are dealing with right now is the Nazi experimentation. The only difference between the 1930s and the 1940s is that they actually took people, the Jewish people, into concentration camps. They put them on trains. They put them away. They put them in these facilities. And there they began the great experimentation. You know what it was. Women were being raped, tortured, manipulated. Men were being abused. Victor Frankl, I think it was, that said he learned to leave his body while they were torturing him in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, I mean, we cannot even begin to fathom what they did in those faraway places. Here's the difference. They're doing the same thing to us all over the world, right? It's a global experiment. It's a global concentration camp. That's the only difference because they knew if we would take people into hideaway facilities, there would be an uprising and things would go south. So they just put a border around all the nations, a fence around all the nations, and they're working, these people are working among all the people of the world, experimenting with their food, with their DNA, with their, what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're brushing their teeth with, the fluoride that my friend Mark used to talk about all the time. They're experimenting, experimenting. People are dying of cancer, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes. Why? Because it's all an experimentation. And the Word of God says that we should treat our bodies well. We shouldn't have been eating cupcakes, ding-dongs, and Twinkies. We shouldn't have been downloading soda pops into our bodies. We should never have been doing it, right? Moderation in all things, but be careful what you're putting into your body because you don't want to become part of the experimentation and wind up in one of their facilities called a hospital where they can do further experimentation until they kill you and then take parts of your body and use it for other experimentations. The whole globe is an experimentation. The only area where they can't get you is in Goshen. The only places in the city of refuge is in Christ Jesus that you will be intelligent, that you will have wisdom, you'll have revelation, knowledge, understanding of what's happening. You will allow the Spirit of God to navigate your life and, and, and allow that anointing to carry you into the fullness of purpose of what Christ is doing. We're not making this up. This is in the Bible. 
This is the scripture in the Bible. The snare will come and they will not escape. He said a snare will come on the whole earth and they will not escape. And there are people all over this earth, the snare comes, they can't get out. How many people are in prison today? How many people have been psychologically affected through drug abuse? They used to use LSD as experimentation drugs to see how sexual people can become in their heightened sexuality through LSD. This was a CIA operation. That's well known to everybody. Crystal methamphetamine, cocaine, freebasing cocaine, shooting heroin, using LSD, taking all these different drugs that are out there today, smoking marijuana. It's all by their sorceries where all nations deceived. Okay, it's all experimentation, but now they're decreasing the quality of food and they're putting additives and preservatives and all this stuff in the food that people eat. Only God knows what's in the water supply, so we get our Berkeys and we try to keep it clean, but not everybody does. Do you see how important the anointing is? Now, you could either be part of the Nazi experimentation in the global scene of things, or you could come out of her, my people, be separate, touch not the unclean thing, and begin to serve God in his kingdom economy and receive a double portion of the spirit, the anointing of God, to finish the work inside of you, to keep you healthy, to keep you healed, to keep you sound in your mind. Without the anointing, your psychology is going to get flipped. Listen to me. Without the anointed mind of Christ, without the anointed intelligence of God in your mind, the cleansing of your brain, the restructuring, the the new mind of Christ, without it, your psychology is going to get flipped going to short circuit. It's not going to be able to handle it. It's going to switch. What's coming, men's hearts will melt for fear of what they see coming upon the earth. Jesus said that. That's real. What a time to, uh, to be led by the Spirit of God. Who are the sons of God? They were led by the Spirit of God, led by the anointing. Those who walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, walk in the anointing, live in the anointing, The golden oil, the anointing, the healing, the deliverance, the salvation, the redemption, the atonement, all in the anointing. But those are just words that are inactive without the anointing activating them, quickening them, bringing life to them to experience what it means. It's got to be anointed. The devil will never possess a true anointing to make any of this work in his life. People that go to church hear this stuff all the time, but there's no anointing to activate what they've read. It just lies dormant. Without an anointing, it just lies dormant. Oh, my God, I just want to prophesy and pray in tongues to you. You have no idea what's going on in my spirit right now, but I hope I'm communicating with you the words of God, not my own agenda. I mean, you just heard that video, what they're doing. You just heard it. I'm going to read one article to you before I release the prophetic word. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to do it right now. So here's the article I want to share with you. Again, from one of the well-trusted Prophecy News Watch outlets of information. Listen to this. If what we just heard in the video, what they're trying to introduce into your body, they want to do it through a syringe, right? Because that's one of the ways that they're probably going to want to put it in your food at some point. And as the quality of food diminishes, there's all different ways of trying to get this inside of you. 
So be very careful. But here is this article. Food hoarding intensifies as fears of more price spikes coming soon. Okay? Um, Again, keep in mind how powerful the anointing. The anointing will give you intelligence. It'll give you wisdom to get wealth, to make sure that you have the things that you need to be able to go through like Noah and his ark. You're going to have to build a good ark. But here's what it says. This is the article. Food is about to become a lot more expensive. Of course, food prices always rise, but Americans are about to be really shocked by how aggressively they are going to increase in the months ahead. It is really just a matter of basic economics. Thanks to the most epic supply chain crisis in U.S. history, our grocery stores are having a really tough time staying stocked. Meanwhile, the more the mainstream media reports on shortages, the higher demand goes. When people hear that something is going to be scarce or scarce, it is only human nature to be motivated to stock up while you still can. There are accusations that some people are hoarding, but the truth is that we haven't seen anything yet. When the American people begin to wake up to the fact that the supply chain problems that we are facing are not just temporary, the real hoarding will begin. This week, Billionaire supermarket owner John Castamatidis was asked about the current state of affairs during an interview on Fox Business. In response, Castamatidis warned that food prices would be going up over 10% within the next 60 days. Here's what he said. I see over 60%, I see over 10% price increase in the next 60 days. He said in an interview with Fox Business on Monday adding that the trend will not drop anytime soon. Castamatidis cited rising inflation and supply chain bottlenecks that are currently plaguing supermarkets and other retailers around the United States. Castamatidis then cautioned, and I quote, he said, I see food prices going up tremendously because food company CEOs want to be ahead of the curve and the way they're doing it is They're dropping all promotions. They are dropping low-moving items. So 10% in 60 days would equate to roughly a 60% rate of food inflation on an annual basis, 60%. So that seems like a pretty extreme projection to me. But Castamatidis lives and breathes the food industry every day, and I do not. He is in position to know the trends, and I think that we should all take his ominous warning very seriously. Another industry executive that was interviewed by Bloomberg says that, quote, people are hoarding, and he is openly admitting that all prices will go higher. Many food suppliers are planning for these hiccups and shortages to last. Saffron Road, a producer of frozen and shelf-stable meals, is holding extra inventory, keeping about four months of supply on hand instead of the typical one or two months. People are hoarding, said CEO and founder Andan or Adnan Durrani. What I think you'll see over the next six months, all prices will go higher. There's that time frame again. So one of the biggest problems that food industry is facing right now is simply a lack of workers. So this is an article, and I'm going to stop it right there. I don't want to read the whole thing. I think we get it.
97 ships. I think I told it yesterday when we were talking with Brian and Kathy. I was playing tennis the other day, and one of the gentlemen next to me is a gentleman that I had known for about two years casually, and we met, and we're on the court, and he works for Walmart. Okay, I told you that 12 years ago, I met a Walmart executive with three other of my brothers in Bentonville before we were ever here. So it was more like 13 or 14 years ago. And he was the head of the global food distribution at Walmart. And we were in the office. And of course, the spirit of God was there present. The word of the Lord was going forth. This man made sure he shut doors. We're in this little office. And he starts crying with tears coming down his face. And this man tells us, it's not too long until the food quality in the United States of America will be likened unto a third world country. And he was weeping. Well, the gentleman I met yesterday works for Walmart. He travels all over the world, goes to China, spent most of his time in China. And he's in the shipping department of shipping things, F-O-T, whatever it was that he does. And so we're talking, 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 and because we've become closer friends, he said to me when I asked him, I said, so what do you think about these? And I said, 62 ships. He said, no, it's 97 now, ships that are not coming in. And he looked at me as I'm looking at you right now, and he said, whatever you need, get it now. He said, by the spring, which brings us to about five or six months, he said, the price of what's in your shoes are going to be so high. He said, whatever you need, get it now. I'm repeating to you what he said, and I'm telling you. Now, you may say, well, I don't have to worry about that because I got lots of money. Well, if you do, you should share it with our ministry so that we can get the word out. Just kidding, kind of. You say, I have lots of money. Isn't the digital new world order currency coming where all transactions are going to be watched? Hasn't the Joe Biden administration just said that any transaction over $600 is going to be monitored and noted? Isn't there an oversight of the way you spend your money? Where's that leading? Will the banks collapse? Will the $1 trillion or the multi-trillions of dollars that are we're in so much debt, I mean, where, where does it all go? Where's it all ending? They're not going to let you put, you know, your money is going to be okay to survive their schemes. Use what you have now to get what you need now. And don't put your trust in uncertain riches. There's a reason why the Apostle Paul said that. Don't put your trust in uncertain riches. Get what you need. Be where God tells you to be. Do what God tells you to do. Now I want to get to the prophecy, and I want to spend this. This is quality. You have to be very judicial right now. Very judicial. Food shortages vaccinations, mandates, unrest, violence, um, go on down the list. Go on down the list.
psychological warfare, experimentation, and outside of all that and above it all, the Word of God. So, I was watching this morning on a news channel, and they showed all the ships. Thanks for paying attention just for a moment. They showed all the ships out near to our coast in Los Angeles, in that area. We're hearing this is in New York as well. And I was quickened and reminded. And I said, Patricia, look, here's a, here's a real-time world event Ships off our coast, stranded at sea, with tons of merchandise, and they want to bring their merchandise into the number one consumer nation in the world, the United States of America. That's why we're in trillions of dollars of debt, because we buy on credit. So they, they're wanting to bring their merchandise, but they're, they're, the supply chain is being stopped right now. I said, what is the Bible have to say about this. Do you remember? And a couple of weeks ago, I shared this with you, and it kind of goes over people's ears. It goes in about one ear, about the other. I want to read it again to you. I want to read it again. And I want to read out of Revelation 18, verse 11. And I'll tell you why I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And there's more than this, but I just start in verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, talking about Babylon. For no man buys their merchandise anymore. And it talks about all the different kinds of merchandise, of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple, silk, scarlet, thine wood, manner of vessels of ivory, Uh, All this precious wood, it goes on and on with all the different things, even the souls of men. Verse 15, the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, all those merchants that bring their merchandise were made rich by her, the people here, shall stand, okay, let me say it again, the merchants of these things, which were made rich by the consumer nation, Babylon, shall stand afar off. So they're going to stand afar off. For the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches has come to nothing. Every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning. They were close enough to see the smoke of her burning saying, what city is like unto this great city, 
They cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing. Alas, alas, that great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea. By reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. They're not weeping and wailing because of the destruction. They're weeping and wailing because they don't get rich anymore. Now, what's the prophetic word? What would we, what would we say is inspired? What would we say that, uh-oh, this just showed up on the radar? Okay, what would we say? Without getting into, uh, you know, too much, thus saith the Lord, you know, okay, and, and yet that's so important. That's going to be true prophetic ministry. So what is God showing us when we look through the biblical lens? At the signs of the times, ships off our coast, the Bible saying that every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning. What is that? How are they going to see the smoke of her burning? Is it possible? Hello? Is it possible? That the smoke of her burning is the release of several nuclear weapons in several cities in the United States of America at the same time. Seven to 15, maybe, dirty bombs or nuclear weapons detonated in 7 to 15 major cities within our nation. The ships are at sea. They're close enough to view the smoke of her burning. In one hour, it all collapses. What would happen to the United States of America when 7 to 15 nuclear bombs, dirty bombs, are detonated in 7 to 15 major cities within our nation? At the same time, we would collapse. And I'm telling you that God showed these things. I have not heard another person on this planet say this. It's just looking through the biblical lens at the signs of the times given interpretation, the interpretation I hear in my spirit. You want to see things go to another level? The fulfillment of prophecy that has been spoken for years over this nation. We are a daughter of Babylon. We are a daughter of Babylon. We will be lassoed into the great end time scenario. But every definition and description of Babylon, all the way back from the Tower of Babel, all the way through it, always is destroyed. And there's always a mechanism of destruction. This daughter of Babylon, America, that we have become, will be destroyed in the same way. And it's going to be seen. And right now, the stage is set. If you're paying attention, the stage is set. The ships are at sea, full of merchandise. They can't get the merchandise in. And they're going to see the smoke of her burning. Do with it what you will. Time will tell. Get ready. Get ready. Where is this all going? Where is this all leading? To me, it's rich 
with spiritual truth, not vain imaginations, not empty words, truth. Be watchful, be sober, make sure you're filling as many vials as you can with prayer that those angels will hold in their hands, the living creatures and the four living creatures. They have vials, golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Fill as many vials as you can with your prayers right now. Fill your vials with prayers. All the years, all the years in the unfolding of things, it's all been true. You're living in it. You just went through 2020. It's not make-believe. Okay, so I'm off the air on Blog Talk. I don't know if people could tune in, but I am going to go back to our website or going to go to the chat room. Um, And what we're hearing in the chat room is keep bringing to us the good news straight from the throne room. I pray you keep hearing from the Lord. Me too, Pastor Jeff. Uh, Jacqueline Genzano, is this connected with Omega Man Radio on YouTube? No, it is not. Omega Man Radio, Shannon Davis, a totally different network. Totally different ministry, but thanks for asking. That's a good question. Uh, we haven't heard that question in a long time. So um, here we go. Very quiet on the chat room. Um, what are your thoughts? What are you hearing? What are you going to do with this on this Friday afternoon? We'll be back on Tuesday. Okay, we'll be back Tuesday at 9 a.m., Lord willing. <sighs> Folks. The anointing, the love of Christ, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Terry Shannon says, that's the prophecy that states their bodies will melt as they stand and their sockets out of their eyes will melt. Okay, he's talking about the Ezekiel 38-39 war of Gog and Magog. The people of that day did not know a term as nuclear bombs or weapons. Okay, Brian and Kathy are listening in. They're saying Psalm 37, Psalm 37. Make that your homework. It is an excellent psalm of comfort and an ability to just see the glory and the comfort of God in the spirit. Remember the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Pray for the anointing to be released into your life to activate the words of God that are in your spirit, in the good soil of your heart. They need to become activated. We will see what tomorrow will bring. Remember, live today like it's the last day of your life. In other words, forgive everybody. Love everybody. Seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord your God in spite of these things. Live in the context of the kingdom and the anointing. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed. The Bible predicts all of this, and so God gave it not to put fear in us, but to keep us aware and remember that these times, people's hearts will melt, and people will fall away, and people will get agitated. Why? Because they're going to operate out of their own psychology rather than the anointed word of God. That's why so much that is not written in the word of God should never be spoken. Does the Bible predict food shortages? Famines, droughts, does the Bible predict pandemics? Does the Bible predict earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars? Does the Bible predict? I didn't even get into my Bible study today I wanted to share with you in Revelation. So I'm going to preach it this weekend at church. 
It has been an honor to sit with you today. It has been an honor to open God's word and share it with you today. And thank you for spending the moments with me to allow me to speak into your life. I know that there's so much out there. Thank you for allowing me the joy and the blessing of sharing God's word with you. My hope is that that anointing we were talking about from the beginning of this broadcast, that it becomes a reality in your life to quicken everything inside of you that God has already put on you and put in you. That you will move to action in preparing, and you will not be ignorant about what is operating around you. Information everywhere. Sift it through the Word of God. Sift it, sift it, sift it through the Word of God. And I think that's it. Don't become a part of their experimentation. Get connected to what God is doing. And having said that, ladies and gentlemen, I need to go. I would ask you if you would be willing to support this ministry to do so. There are tons of ways you can do it. And I'm just going to leave that with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Submit yourself to builders who are anointed by God to set you, build you in the way that God's word tells. Eat good food. Don't rush to doctors or medicine. If you're not feeling well, just let the Spirit of God do it. There's some good vitamins out there, good cleanses out there. You want to get started on a, uh, on a pathway of health and healing, get your mind. You know, when your body is sick, your mind is sick. Let's get healed so that we could stand in these last days. Let a divine immune system be built within your life. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't be afraid. Pray. Pray. It's very, very late. It's very, very late. Nearer than when we first believed. We'll see you Tuesday, Lord willing. God bless. Have a great day. Shalom.